Hi, hi, welcome in. Yeah, we're gonna start this way. Yes, we're starting this way. You think I'm gonna start any other way? Of course I'm starting this way. It's a live stream. Forgot my AirPods. That's what the people expect. There was a girl named Allison who tried to do some good, but she worked for Tim Ballard, whose life was one falsehood. She couldn't believe her eyes after all she'd been shown. Let's read the story of how your crusher orbital. Welcome. Welcome to the program today. My name is Kara Burrell, the Nuanto, and uh, got a lot to get into on this brand new article that just came out uh, called A Private Island Downloads from God and the Couple's Ruse Inside the Dangerous Rural World of Tim Ballard's Operation Underground Railroad. Thanks everyone for joining me for this live stream. Let's put it like this. I like that better. So many articles, so many things have happened with Tim Ballard. I can barely keep up between that and in a freaking war going on. There's also a war going on in here of what I should report on first. So uh, leaving my makeup on overnight for the win, I uh, worked all night, just woke up a couple hours ago, and I saw Damian Moore tweeted about this. You know, Tim Marchman, um, Anna Merkin, who's, I think I got their names right, from Vice News, just put this out a couple days ago. There's another article out of Blaze that I've been meaning to get to, too. So um, we're going to rush through this. Thank you guys for being in the live chat right now. You know how to support this show. You already know what to do. I'm going to just remind you, links down below to donate if you appreciate all the hard work that goes into covering this as constantly as I can. All right. So this article that just came out, I just skimmed through it, but I'm going to kind of live react to it with you right now. Uh, if you are not aware, in one sentence, Sound of Freedom, that was a big movie that happened over the summer. That was kind of cool, the way that, you know, somebody from the Mormon church and he was making a movie about how he rescues kids and and he got some celebrities and they went on Fox News and they said that we are just saving kids. Why is everyone so upset at us? It must mean that everyone's a pedophile. Everybody loves sex trafficking. That's what that must mean. And anyone who complains about it that must mean that they just work for Satan and the deep state and everything terrible. One thing after another starts coming out. Women start coming forward saying that Tim Ballard sexually exploited them, did different things. Tim Ballard uh, had to step down from Operation Underground Railroad, the, the foundation that he, the, the nonprofit that he he founded and started and was paid millions of dollars to apparently go help save sex traffic kids. And it turns out he was doing a lot of the exploitation himself. Since then, he's been excommunicated from the church. And it is my belief that his friendship with Apostle M. Russell Ballard, who, sadly, very, very sadly, it's always very sad when a very, very old man who spend, spends most of his life um, saying that he has a spirit of discernment dies with just such a bad track record for not having that be true. So... Tim Ballard's friendship with this apostle that added to a lot of his influence in the church recently died this week. And it is my belief that, I mean, this is just alleged, but um, I think Tim Ballard killed him. Oh, I think, I think the stress killed him. You think those types of 
cortisol spikes would make, I get honked at in traffic and I feel bad for a day. Um, I think that Tim Ballard, the stress killed the old man. That's where I'm going with that. All right. What are your conspiracy theories? Okay. So starting off strong with the orbital bone, and that's not even the most interesting part. Trust me, that's not even the most interesting part. So a female operator, operator, I hate when I have to read on live streams. Yeah, this is going to be fine. It's going to be fine. A female operator who worked with the controversial anti-trafficking group knew someone was going to get seriously hurt. She just didn't expect that it would be her. Oh, fantastic writing. Good job, guys. Again, I have to breeze through this part because this isn't even the most interesting part. Wait till the second half, okay? On a sunny day in late October two years ago, a man twice her size drove his knee into Allison's face, destroying her orbital bone and knocking her eye out of alignment. As she lay on the ground, bleeding and vomiting and urinating, holy crap, and having it explained to her that there was no bone supporting her eye anymore. She heard Tim Ballard say, well, we can't take, we can't call an ambulance. Mm, I love that. Whenever I am vomiting and urinating, I love when my boss says to me, well, suck it up. It's not like we're not going to pay for an ambulance or something. It was the third day of a selection being held by Operation Underground Railroad, the anti-sex trafficking group Ballard founded in 2012 after he has claimed being told to do so by God. He claims a lot of things. OUR had invited about 60 people who had previously worked for it as operators on what they portrayed to the public. I love this, like, allegedly portrayed to the public as undercover paramilitary missions abroad aimed at rescuing women and children from sexual slavery. These people had paid their own way for training. Red flag, which largely <laughs> involved sitting through slideshows. The slideshows are in this article. Just wait. Sitting through slideshows on topics such as how to get information from someone without them knowing you're doing so. The draw was clear. OUR leaders responsible for distinct geographical regions would be choosing members for their teams from among the participants. Mm. This is, again, I'm, I, my Mormon alarm bells are kind of going off here. Be like, this sounds like when uh, they were, were trafficking young women over from Europe and all of the leaders of the church got to have their pickings as to the, the prettiest ones. I'll take that one, they said. No, I just made that up. Allison, who had worked one mission on Ballard's Ops team in the Caribbean, was hoping to be recruited to the Thailand team. She had heard that it had operating protocols and arrangements with the government, and it was often held up as OUR's most functional and effective region, just as important to her was that Ballard had nothing to do with it. Ooh. So that's where it gets juicy. She's like, I did some stuff in the Caribbean. I really had a bad time with Ballard, but man, I still want to do, you know, it's a sunken cost fallacy at this point. It's like, let me try again. Right. So she's going to get into the thing about the Caribbean in just a second. Ballard, get out of here. Vice News is referring to Allison, 42, by a pseudonym due to her concerns about her safety. What? She she's already got one um, orbital bone that's been crushed by OUR. Um, she knows that a second one could be popped in her eye socket anytime. This is again why, like, why aren't the women coming forward? I don't know because she already got a freaking eye knocked out one time. Makes me so angry. 
Yeah, about her safety. She stood out amongst the class of operators, which included some former military, some former law enforcement, and a lot of people from church. <laughs> Just like a couple people who knew what they were doing, but mostly it was like the elders going. She was a licensed clinical social worker specializing in the treatment of people with extreme childhood trauma. That's why she's like, mm, I need to work on Tim Ballard. He's got some demons in there including sex trafficking. She had served six years in the Marines. Good for her. Has uh, had specialized tactical training related to work with a government agency and had volunteered as part of an anti-hijacking team in South Africa. Badass. I like your style, Allison. She was also one of only four women among the operators and only one, uh, and the only one with any rev... And the only one with any relevant background. The others, she would later say, were beautiful, beautiful, sweet, clueless young women. Mm. Let's just sit and marinate in that one. Is that not what we already knew this entire time? That day, they were training in hand-to-hand -hand combat in the CrossFit gym under OUR's offices outside Salt Lake City. The training was of questionable utility given the nature of OUR's undercover operations, which mainly consisted, as far as Allison had seen, of sitting around in bars and strip clubs, hinting that you were looking for a wider scene. But she intended to set an example. She was worried for the other women and about what the men would make of the female operator operators. She was... It was important to her to not just be a pretty face. That's what I have to say. I am also trying to set an example to the other ex-Mormon content creators. I'm not just a pretty face here. I'm also talking about Israel and Palestine half of the time and also Tim Ballard's sexual exploits. It's a full wide range. Everybody, I just don't want to get my my face kicked in. The, the list of people who want to murder me grows by the day. <laughs> In the exercise, teams of two who were placed at the four corners of a large mat, at the center of which were dummy knives. The point was for each person to pass their teammates guard, teammates guard and reach for the knives. Allison remembers thinking that she or someone was going to get hurt as everyone dived towards the knives and there should have been headgear, but she didn't consider opting out. Sounds like a bad idea. Sounds like everything Tim Ballard has ever dreamed up is always a bad idea, including Hmm. Oh man, I hate when I have to think of jokes off. If this was edited, man, you would see me be so punchy. Everything that Tim Ballard has ever done is a bad idea, including mm, ever taking out his genitals, starting there. I mean, basically keep those away all the time ever, and he probably wouldn't be in trouble. I can't be the only one to say, no, I'm not going to do this, she says now. What's that going to look like? Mm, peer pressure. A video of what happened, ooh, it's on tape, shows two young men grappling in the corner of the mat opposite Allison. One pushed the other off the mat, then both turned and dived towards the knives. As they jostle, one dives past the other, his knee catching Allison, who was spread out on the mat, flush in the side of the head. She instantly goes limp as the other man scrambles for the knife catches her again. Allison doesn't remember being knocked unconscious or in any pain. She remembers whiplash and a crushing sound as the bone around her left eye shattered. She was on all fours, vomiting uncontrollably, bleeding and unable to see. Mm. Anyone who's like given birth and you're like, that's, that's, that's the closest thing I can remember. Be like mm, the vomiting, the on all fours, 
but holy shit. Mm. You know, I was, I was debating on whether or not to join OUR. I heard some good things. I really wanted to save kids. This is me, Kara Burrell talking, but this is the one it's, I really, without my eyes, how will I see? You've got your looks, your pretty face, but don't underestimate the importance of roasting Tim Ballard. Okay. Two of her fellow operators from Tim Ballard's team, with whom she'd spent two surreal weeks earlier that year, pin in that, helped her off the mat. They were tending to her when she said Ballard announced that they couldn't call an ambulance. One of them was a woman who will be referred to in the story as Kaylin. Juicy stuff coming. Who believed that having a sexual relationship. Oh, it's here. <laughs> who believed that having a sexual relationship with Ballard was necessary to save children. And because it was God's will, Ballard was denied he ever acted inappropriately with any of the operators he worked with. We, yeah, we know. The other was Matt Cooper, OUR's director of security, whom Ballard had acted as an older brother or father figure for around a decade. So if you watched my last Tim Ballard video, the one that was much better edited, I had tons of memes. It wasn't a crappy live stream like this one, but I made sure to start it um, with this clip of Tim Ballard on his podcast with this Matt Cooper fellow who is has so many allegations in the lawsuit from the women, as we will get into here in more detail. So just when you thought that the lawsuit is like, how many more, how much more detail could we get into? So many stories. Somebody who is this much of a narcissist like Tim Ballard is, and has people in his circle that are such yes men, it's like they're just flying blind in a way. They don't realize that other people are going to take note of what you're doing. You're not like completely invincible. I know you have a savior compact uh, complex, um, but you can't just like pretend to be resurrected all the time. So in my last video, I made sure to include um, at the beginning, Tim Ballard and Matt Cooper saying like, sometimes the operations like you know, taking criticism. They're like, you know, people are like, sometimes what we do is illegal. And he's like, Matt, have you ever done anything illegal? And I am so good at telling when people are lying. I should be a professional lie detector. Just like everyone in my life. I'm like, lie, lie. lie. I just, I know it. And then they come out, I just see it. And so when Matt Cooper in this thing, he's like, no, never. It's just like, well, I didn't, I don't even need to know anything. It's like, of course you've done illegal things. Oh, you're such a skis. Not to mention one main thing of lying is when I put on a thumbnail, this is a side tangent, stick with me. When I put on a thumbnail, I am very, very aware of how attractive my, my, my barometer of attractiveness is between how I actually appear in real life versus what I put on a thumbnail. I try to stay within like the normal scope. And I do not appreciate that Matt Cooper, besides everything else being implicated in all this stuff. He looks hot as shit in the thumbnail for this Tim Ballard thing. It's like, Ooh, who's that sexy papa? But you click on it and you're like, Ooh, who's that door-to-door -door Vivint salesman? I don't appreciate, you know, clickbait like that. So anyway, back on track. Um, he bundled talking about Matt Cooper. He bundled Allison into his truck and took her to the emergency room. No ambulance for you. Um, Kaylin corroborated Allison's versions of events, but otherwise declined to comment for this story. Cooper initially hung up when reached on the phone by a reporter identifying himself as being with Vice News. Vice News, click. I don't know how to say anything that doesn't come across as a lie, so I'm just gonna. I have a hot headshot though. Do you want to check out that? He subsequently asked for questions to be sent to him by email, but did not respond to that email or to a text message 
detailing the allegations in this story and asking for comment. I feel like I've got that Matt Cooper. I feel like I fucking figured him out. I'm like psychic. I know what that douche bro is up to. Just ask me the questions. I will literally, you can fact check them later, but my guesses are always good as gold. I swear. It was an abrupt end to Allison's time with OUR, which began the year before when she volunteered as an educator in her own community. Handpicked by Ballard for his own ops team, Allison spent time with him on a private island. Mm, you know how all those sex traffickers are always like getting private islands. All right, that's a bad example. Epstein had his own. But you don't you don't go to your own private island. You're like, I hope the sex traffickers just also happen to be there. Unless you're on Epstein's island, you're just out for a vacation with the women you plan to assault. Allison spent time with him on a private island where he claimed to directly communicate with God before shadowing him as he trawled message parlors. Trawl, trawled. It's a live stream. I it's the first time I'm interacting with certain words. And strip clubs across the British Virgin Islands, despite there being no intelligence to suggest that these activities would help to fulfill OUR's mission of ending child slavery or even that any trafficking was going on at all. Oh my gosh, the documents that are in this. Oh, I can't wait to show you. Oh, Allison's experience exemplified the critique outsiders as well as former operator operatives. I hate when I have to say words. So uh, so fascinating. Vice has a ton of other articles similar to this, um, but I'm I'm sorry. This one's just going to be a lot more juicy, more interesting. Uh, but the amount of other operatives who have also said this is a fucking shit show. What are we doing? This is this is where this is how we're going to save kids. You click on that. There's so many good articles on this, and volunteers who have made uh, that have made of OUR under Ballard's leadership, showing it to be an erratic organization led by a man whose decision to put those um, around him at serious risk for no obvious purposes. Like serious risk, like at what point are you going to have to dive for knives out in the field? Like you barely even have to dive for kids that are being sex trafficked. Like the last thing that you need to do is have everybody get headbutt and the knee crush somebody's orbital bone. It's all myth-making to Tim Ballard. Everything is up in his head. Oh man, I wish I had more time right now to go through a second article as well. There's a new Blaze article that goes into even more detail about the intelligence that everyone's been complaining about with Janet Russin, this Mormon psychic who's been talking to the dead Mormon prophet Nephi that doesn't exist from 6,000 or 600 BC. And it has audio recordings of all of this. Like, um, if I didn't have such a hot date tonight with my husband and a hot date with love of my life, Allison Schiffler, um, in 45 minutes, I could take you through all of this. So everybody make sure you're subscribed, be on the edge of your seat or edge of your bark bag. I'm going to be using and recycling jokes because I don't have time to think of stuff that's fresh. All right. Citing God's will, Ballard assigned Allison on the fly to deal directly with a suspected trafficker. Mm. citing God's will. Again, Tim Ballard's like, everyone's acting like the called of God. Like I just, I, you know, I prayed about it and I'm called of God. Also, it's God's will that you sleep with me. And here is a really dangerous sex trafficker for you to go after. You're welcome. He took an untrained hairstylist into a meeting with a cartel and then sent her through customs on a commercial flight with a recording of the meeting on her phone lost track of which operator had 
witch burner phone, leading him to inadvertently send Allison a sexually suggestive text message. Hmm. Inadvertently. And directed Allison to engage in communications with a foreign national that could have the effect of encouraging him to traffic women and girls. In planning and execution, the work was amateurish and dangerous. I expect nothing less. Allison witnessed sexual misconduct of the sort that is at the center of recent lawsuits, a group of women and one couple filed against Ballard, in which he is accused of sexual assault, grooming, and coercion. A lawyer for the woman went as far as to say, love this part, Ballard, ironically enough, Ballard literally trafficked her clients. A claim experts have told Vice News is plausible if what women say about his behavior is true. I'm going to go ahead and say what his, I'm going to go ahead and say it's true. That means that he engaged in sex trafficking, the very thing that he was paid millions of dollars to do that OUR itself was supposed to be tackling was the very thing that they were engaged in and doing, sexually exploiting women and trafficking them to other countries for the sexual gratification of Tim Ballard. It, it's 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 unconscionable. Oh, we're talking about a Mormon guy who talks to God? Oh, it's plausible. Um, she also experienced sexually inappropriate behavior with uh, herself. Within minutes of meeting Ballard, he had made clear his intense desire to find out which of his associates she wanted to have sex with. <laughs> you know, when you meet somebody new, yeah, welcome to the job. Here we are saving kids. So um, one of the things about saving kids is who do you want to have sex with? <laughs> I mean, that's that's not like typical of other workplaces. I know you don't like start work at Chipotle and you're like, yeah, me and Pablo are going to go make out in the refrigerator. But this is uh, this is Operation Underground Railroad. We're led by God. We do things in a little bit different way. So do you want to have sex with me or Cooper more? You want oh, you don't have sex with either of us? <laughs> Bitch. As participants in what Ballard called the couple's ruse, which he has described at length as a technique meant to protect him from traffickers and from having too much touch, having to touch trafficking victims. They want to touch the trafficking victims that are already in the countries. I want to bring my own trafficking victims. You know, it's like that person who goes to work and they're like, oh, okay, pizza party. I'm <laughs> gluten free. Um, I'm going to bring my own pizza that I got from home and it's made of hairstylists that I'm going to call whores later. Um, Allison says Ballard repeatedly and continuously and unsuccessfully pressured her to be intimate with Cooper. So that's where we're talking about wannabe hot guy. That's not hot. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a bitch and I'm going to say, uh, be consistent with your thumbnails, Cooper. It's one thing to go sexually exploit women. And it's another thing if, um, you're also like a rat faced piece of shit and, uh, that's what you are. So just want to keep everyone in mind. Picture like door-to-door -door Mormon salesman rat face piece of shit. That's who we're talking about with Matt Cooper, okay? Don't let that image get out of your head. Allen's, Allison says that it became clear to her that <laughs> I should check in with the chat. I'm just going off here because I'm in such a rush. I have to be home by five. <laughs> I'm going fast. Um, if there are any, um, uh, what's the word? If there are any super chats, I will make sure to highlight those. Otherwise, if you really want me to read your stuff, just like put a bunch of emojis around it and I'll, I will move these orbital bones towards them. 
Allison says that it became clear to her that OUR, that, uh, that the hierarchy at OUR was fully aware of what Ballard was doing. Her experience shows that, and as similarly alleged in court filings, other top members of the organization besides Ballard were themselves participants in the couple's ruse. And Allison says that th- that when she discussed Ballard's erratic and dangerous behavior with OUR's current president, he acknowledged that everything she said was true. and said that their role was to prevent Ballard from doing too much damage to himself or others. There was spokesperson OUR's current leadership declined to comment for this story. So she is of course talking about Matt Osborne. And if you go back to my last video about Tim Ballard, uh, about Tim Ballard shit show and him being a fraud, everything that's involved with, uh, uh, the suppression of witnesses and additional things that are added to this lawsuit from the women. Oh man, it is just dripping. It's so juicy. But in that it additionally clarifies that it wasn't just Tim Ballard that was doing the couple's ruse. It was also Matt Osborne. And he's like, got a freaking um, escort in his room with him. Practicing the couple's ruse. All of this paid for by donor money. So just, we don't want him to do too much damage to himself or others. That's why we let him get away with that. That's a really fun thing to say when you're also getting to sexually exploit women. Way to go. Oh, you are director. Way to go, Matt Osborne. You absolute fucking piece of shit. You gave Tim Ballard a brand new car and $600,000 and also let him, uh, have this this guys that like we did the right thing he's out of here we stop sexual exploitation here and now but then he's also tim ballard's able to completely control the finances and run all of his operations through his new thing the spear fund and is like he's like the ghost of tim ballard all of these people are slime balls they have absolutely uh no spine to speak of they are out there for themselves and their own sexual gratification um they should all i'm gonna stop myself before i I get into legal trouble but they should all have a very serious talk with the lord meaning me so i can punch them in the fucking face in total allison's story which is corroborated by people with direct knowledge of events and by physical and digital evidence Let's not forget that, including OUR planning documents, depicts an organization focused on allowing its celebrity founder, who had become completely detached from reality, (laughs) good job, love that, to live the lavish lifestyle of a wealthy sex tourist and sexually manipulate and abuse volunteers under the guise of saving children. Perfect summary. This focus was so intense that it overrode concerns about the safety and welfare of the very operators at the center of OUR's fundraising. The organization raked in a quarter of a billion dollars in donations over a decade by depicting volunteers like Allison as the thin line protecting thousands of women and children from sexual slavery. Allison, meanwhile, was left with what are likely to be lasting eye problems and a sense of severe disquiet guys are just seeing in real time how stupid I am. Severe distrust. I'm crossing out that word. What she witnessed. Disquiet. Why are there so many words I don't know? <laughs> Everyone got really mad at me last time. You, I got probably, I don't know, 20 emails and 30 messages 
from when I corrected what I was doing the other live stream about the the crazed Mormon doomsday lunatic where he talked about his kids. Like God knows how special each one of you is. And I was like, each one of you are trust me. I did not hear the end of that. I will never pretend that I know anything that isn't strictly Ted Ballard related ever again. A lot of these people are going down with the ship. Allison says now people, she said, Oh, I love the little people going down with the ship. Mm, yeah, yes. Please reach out to me if you would like to throw a lifeline and because uh, people have already. <laughs> oh, I wish I could tell you what I have on the back burner. There's some people who, um, yeah, they're the only thing wholesome about this entire thing is how much money people want to pay me and uh, this glass of whole milk right now. But uh, yeah, if you want to throw a lifeline and 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 uh Held your full story so that you can at least be an honest person and clear your name. My email's down below. I just wanted to let you guys know that um, I'm drinking a glass of whole milk just to keep my vitamins up as I am depleted right now from all this bullshit. A lot of people are going down with the ship, Allison says now. People, she says, are well-meaning and kind who have long believed in and worked towards OUR's mission of rescue and recovery. Uh, they just aren't going to be able to take in the information and let go. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's it's time to let go. You forgive, you forget, but you never let go. Um, one super chat coming in. Debbie says, always love your content. I love your example to anyone who loves being real and weird. It's amazing. It takes nuance. I know you meant that nothing but compliments, but I am being very weird right now. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for the super chat. Appreciate this. Of course, this show is completely runs on donor funds and every little bit counts. So thank you, Debbie. And Megan said, unless it's Megan, it could be, but Megan says, keep doing the good work. Thanks for the 20 bucks. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. All right, back at it. Um, <laughs> Tim Ballard, who left OUR earlier this year after sexual misconduct investigation and is now associated with the Spear Fund, a new anti-trafficking organization. Put that in quotes, Vice. Come on. Did not respond to a detailed accounting of the allegations made in this story sent to him personally, as well as to his representatives. Of course not. Little bitch. You can run, but you can't hide. OUR declined to answer questions about the allegations, which a spokesperson wrote should not be interpreted or reported as a concession from OUR that the information is correct. We're just little bitches who we know that it's correct. And we would just rather say, um, we'll talk about it later when we have to go to court. All this stuff is going to come out later when it's in court. Do you know how amazing? Like, I, this is just me. Like, this is me getting the everything all the gears and wheels are all starting to get the the motions a turning here or various other allegations various other um analogies that would that would work better when i'm on a live stream that would make better sense that if this was edited you'd understand what i'm talking about but the point is when all this stuff comes out oh my gosh do you know how much stuff is going to be coming out and here i am reporting on it before we even have like the the women are going to be going to court all of this stuff you're all gonna the most blasted all over the news. So you guys are just looking like little freaking coward bitches right now. Get some, get some respect if you could. Um, all right. I need to focus. I know people are going to be absolutely losing their minds at me. Kara, you're erratic right now. I'm sorry. 
aside from nothing that Ballard directly participated in few operations in the couple of years before parting ways with the organization. Quote, OUR is currently working with two individuals who, in consultation with the board, are evaluating wholesale changes to the organization, like burning it to the ground. The spokesperson wrote, as OUR has stated previously, they have engaged a legal firm specializing in internal trafficking policy. Oh, the kind that like Tim Ballard never wanted anything close to him before. <laughs> to help review and update their mission operation policies. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. They also have initiated an additional financial audit of the organization. Ooh, that should be fun. That should be real interesting. Can't wait to see that. Will you be sharing it with your donors? The pandemic hit. All right. Part two, 30 minutes in. This is the part that I wanted to get to. The pandemic had been dragging on for half a year when Allison first decided that she wanted to get involved with OUR. You know, when you're just on lockdown and you're like, are there any child sex ads? organizations that I can volunteer with to get out of the old cabin fever I'm feeling. Social media was flooded with OUR's urgent depictions of heroic missions to directly free women and children from sexual slavery, and she thought that given her background, she could contribute. What compelled her was the idea of rescue, of preventing people like the trafficking survivors she treated professionally from ever needing such services. I'm in this chair talking to people, she says. I can't go back in time and save them. I'm seeing these people, frankly, who will never be okay. What if we could rescue somebody? You know, what if I could help rescue somebody before they're broken forever? That is a very admirable thing. And that is that that vulnerability, that empathy is what Tim Ballard took advantage of because he is a sick, twisted freak who doesn't think anything about those types of things. For about six months, she volunteered with OUR, with an OUR group in her region, which is far from OUR's Utah home base, focusing on raising awareness and training uh, organizations on how to re recognize child sex trafficking. She persistently felt, though, that she could do more and talk to her local volunteer coordinator about submitting her resume to the part of OUR that dealt with overseas rescue operations. It took a while for anything to happen. The coordinator had no way to put her resume in front of anyone or even a means of contact for the operational site of OUR. He referred Allison to the public website. If it's meant to happen, if it's meant to be, it'll be, she figured. Her opportunity came when OUR sent an email to volunteers asking for licensed clinical social workers. Oh, that's nice that they wanted somebody. That's the most, that is the most reputable thing I have ever heard them ever do or say. They were asking in an email for social workers, somebody who went to school for something. Congratulations. Hot tip. Who could be vetted to do crisis response via telehealth or in person. I love that. That sounds so good of them. Here's the email. It says, um, we are in need, blah, blah, blah. Da, da, da. We are looking for therapists who can speak Spanish and tie with experience in trauma. Please let me know if you have any leads for those requests, so on and so forth. It says an email, oh, you are sent to volunteers in November, 2020. Everything that happened after she responded made sense to her and increased her confidence in OUR. Murky mistake. 
She was, for example, asked to get fingerprinted and to submit to a background check before even doing a screening interview with a female OUR employee. They need to know about you, Allison remembers the women telling her, and Allison agreed. When reached for comment, the woman who asked that her name be withheld said that Allison was initially interviewed for a therapist role before expressing an interest in operations. The woman added, I told her that I was not part of operations and that she would need to talk to others in the company that hire for those positions. She enthusiastically asked for her information to be passed on to the team that handled hiring in operations. So I shared her information with the CEO through email and helped arrange a meeting with the CEO. Hmm. I do not recall what the method was, but I could have very well been Zoom that was the extent of my involvement in the hiring process. Two months later, the women called Allison and asked if she was sitting down. She said she was the executive assistant to Brad Damon, who was then the CEO of OUR and is no longer with the organization. The women hadn't wanted to email Brad about Allison because Damon received hundreds of emails a day and said, while OUR, she said, while OUR staff had generally been working remotely due to the pandemic, though, she had recently found herself in the same room with him. After she gave him Allison's application and told him he had to look at it, he asked how soon they could get Allison in front of him. The female employee wanted to know if they could talk on Zoom the next day. Things are chugging along. You know what else is possibly chugging her along? People sending me money. Let me read these real quick. Get off the screen, you advertisement. Not this one. I'm talking about the other one. Left the church five years ago, officially resigned 1.5 years back. This stuff, true history, Arizona cases led to my decision. Thanks for exposing great hair. Thank you. What a perfect comment. Appreciate you, big look-a-ock. It says big LCO3. I just wanted to be silly. I'm in a silly mood. Um, Did I read this one yet? Thank you, Rusty, for the 20 bucks. Again, this is so... I work really, really hard. And I, even the stuff that you don't see that I produce, I have so many projects I'm working on and I don't want to have to sell out to the people who <laughs> send me super chats or I have to sell out to all of the people from OUR who want to clear their name with me. I'm 99% kidding, but not really. Okay. Back at it. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate y'all again. There's links below on where to donate. Also where it, Venmo, donor box, you know, Hotown, Patreon, stuff like that. Do whatever you want. Follow your heart. Um, Damon, Allison thought, was a very nice man who clearly had no experience in operations. Her impression now is that he was mainly making sure she fit the general profile for volunteer operators. <gasps> Damon did not respond to text message or a phone call from Vice News reporters. Four days later, Allison was on a plane and set for a meeting at OUR's headquarters in Draper, Utah, just outside Salt Lake City. The minute she met him, Allison thought that there was something wrong with Tim Ballard. <laughs> I love, I love the honesty. It wasn't when it happened, a meeting she expected to have. On the day of her interview, Allison got dressed up and headed to OUR's headquarters, about a five minute walk from the Hampton Inn where they put her up. In a bland, cramped office with a fridge full of energy drinks, she met several men, among them Damon, Cooper, and David Jacobs, an OUR volunteer who worked for the Glenn Beck-founded Nazarene Fund, an anti-trafficking group of which Ballard was at the time CEO. So much to say there. Another fraudulent top-to-bottom shit show. Uh, it says in parentheses, quote, I recall how impressed I was with her, he now says. 
The group made small talk for a while before one of them said, quote, Tim will be here soon and we'll get started. Allison had no idea she would be meeting him at all, much less that she was, as the men told her, there to interview for his ops team. Uh, I just want everyone who has ever been in the Mormon church, like, you know, those, let's say you're in the young woman's presidency and you need to do a project with like the young men's presidency, or you're in the relief society, or you're in the activities council. And there is something where you are in a very like female led section of the church and you need to cooperate and do something with like the male section of the church. Now I love men, 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 men all day. A lot of, a lot of Mormon men. I, I knew more good Mormon men in the church than I knew bad ones. I could make you a list of 25 Mormon men right now that I think should be president of the United States that I love dearly. Okay. That's not the point, but generally speaking, the amount of incompetency that just kind of is the waters you swim in. This is, that's what's kind of reminding me of like the whole, like, yeah, is, is somebody else going to figure this? Did you do that? Or did, and then all the women in the church being like, I'll figure it out. And like the women going above and beyond to make sure everything is very orderly and done correctly. And the men just kind of being like, yeah, did you do that? Yeah. We'll start here. Just no organization, no forethought on anything. It sounds, it sounds like this is how the church is run. And this is how OUR is run. That's what I'm getting from this right now. Um, it seems, seemed a bit odd to Allison that Ballard even had an ops team. If not a household name, he was nonetheless the face of an anti-trafficking movement. Yeah, that makes sense. He'd taken meetings at the White House with Donald Trump and been featured on ESPN's Sunday Night Football, Sound of Freedom, a movie in which Jim Caviezel played him, had been, uh, had been made what and was awaiting distribution. He was presumptively too well known to be for other. Sorry, he was presumptively too well known for undercover work. Not to mention presumptively too busy as the head of OUR. He is not too busy to put everyone's lives in danger. <laughs> One thing you got to know about Dan Ballard. The men, though, took it lightly. Ballard, they explained, wore colored contacts and dyed his hair. Whoa! The sex traffickers were like. I know we do this entire thing where we sell kids for a living and it's like the most dangerous thing that we could ever do. And apparently like Tim Ballard is this guy who's like the most important stopper of us. We're going to make sure that we, uh, we just completely forget what color his eyes are. And when he wears tattoos and makeups, it's going to be like this whole entire, whoa, we couldn't even tell that it was you the entire time. Like we had entire pictures on our sex trafficker walls of like, when you go to sell kids, watch out for this guy. He's got blonde hair, blue eyes, no tattoos and a small penis. And, and then when Tim Ballard showed up and it was like, oh, we, we tried to offer him these kids to sell. And then he had brown eyes and a long blonde hair and tattoos and it's like you can't fake that stuff so we thought we were safe to sell him kids it was just like oh just I, i'm a smart person and I, i'm really smart when it comes to like doing this illegal sex trade and stuff but tim ballard he just he just one-upped us on this one again tim ballard's an absolute fucking moron and um didn't save any children that we even know of. We don't, these kids are like adults now. They should be able to come forward and be like, yeah, Tim Ballard. Yeah. The OUR had its problems, but he still saved me and my family. And I'm really happy for it. Where are these kids? Where are these people coming forward? All we have are allegations after allegations of women who are saying, actually, he sexually exploited me. Actually, he put me in danger. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, Allison thought. I'm interviewing for Tim's ops team. Wow, that's special. That means that <laughs> you passed the look and the smell test. Soon enough, he walked in vibrating, she says. Oh, he got himself one of those anal vibrators. Good for him. She says, with personality disorder. <laughs> I love your own. Allison, please be my best friend. Allison, please be my best friend. The honesty is killing me. Ballard dashed over to her. Allison remembers and gave her a big hug. They sat down and he told her about the leadership structure and about his team, which was responsible for the Caribbean and Mexico. He was excited. Oh, he was, he, he didn't want to be responsible for like the Czech Republic and like back in the old country, I had to sell sex for 70 years. It's like, we get to go down uh, to the place that has a uh, crystal clear blue water. And when in our, in our downtime, when we're not uh, in those seedy sex touristy places, we get to lounge on the beach and snorkel with turtles. <gasps> very fun. Very fun of you, Tim Ballard. You know that I'm a good, um, you know that I'm a good director of a, a nonprofit because I have not even been out of the country once. You can trust me. He was excited. She was there because he thought she'd be a great fit for his team. What they had to do was see if she was everything she appeared to be on paper. And within 30 minutes after he arrived, he was talking about the couple's ruse straight in it with the couple's ruse. He doesn't even have foreplay in his normal sex life, let alone when he's talking about his sexually exploitive sex life, he doesn't even know how to warm them up. He just goes straight in to the, do you want to be on my ops team? Do you want to go to the Caribbean with me? Do you want to um, pretend to be my wife? You've got to like, let it linger. Anyway, he's the gross dude. So start to finish. I can't, I'm, I'm glad you guys are all still here. Cause man, we're still, we're still getting into the juicy stuff right now. The so-called couple's ruse is central to the lawsuits filed against Tim, against Ballard and OUR. As he's explained it, it's a way for male operators to keep from having to engage in sex acts with children or trafficked women by having somewhere to, someone there to play a jealous wife or girlfriend who won't let the operator do so. The women who sued Ballard said in their filings that he insisted they stay in character even when they were alone with him, leading to sexual manipulation and what they viewed in hindsight as grooming. The women allege they ended up participating in coerced sexual contact with Ballard, including being subject to couples massages and tantric yoga, showering in front of him, frequent strip clubs, and him dry humping or groping them all of which he justified as ways to practice their chemistry in order to able to to be able to maintain a convincing front with traffickers. Now, after all these allegations came out, and that was like that was like the bomb of all bombs dropping. Um, unfortunately, I I made a mistake and I said, let me just spend two weeks and make a documentary of which I will never ever finish because there's too much and I have to keep adding to it. It will come out eventually, but I wanted to do a longer documentary to discuss this. So I don't have a video yet detailing all of the sexual allegations that are in the lawsuit of which there are plenty, but just for one example, you kind of need to understand, um, unless you under hear the stories of what Tim Ballard put these women through just one of the examples. Um, I can't remember her name. They don't, they have pseudonyms anyway, but let's call her Abigail. There is a woman who was basically like Tim Ballard's, um, uh, personal assistant and long story sh short, no training whatsoever. She's flown out to, I think Mexico or something. And he calls these massage therapists to their hotel room 
and they're they get naked and she's like oh, i don't want to get naked and he's like you got to get naked and they're laying down on the bed and they're doing massages and then the tim ballard is like asking these women how they masturbate while they're massaging them and she's feeling really uncomfortable but she's like trying to giggle and play along with it and then the women these, these massage therapists massage therapists right um they start like showing on this girl abigail like how they would masturbate and she is there's no consent here. She isn't. This is not a training to Tim Ballard. This is a training exercise. This is like, if you can handle this, you can handle anything completely just being molested in the situation. And Tim Ballard not understanding any of her body language, any of this cry for help. And then she talks about how she feels fingers inside her. So like literally being like digitally raped with like um, phalanges of these women. And she just wanted it to be over. And then uh, Tim Ballard's all like up in her business being like nice. I never saw how women masturbate this close before. Bam. All right. Like he is a sexually gratified grosso of all. There's just no comparison. The women leave and she just feels disgusted. And he's like, good job. That was like the best I've ever seen. We're going to catch so many sex traffickers from that. Now we got some numbers from the women and it's like bullshit. She, the woman, the woman says, she's like, there's no follow-up. There's no traffickers that were ever saved from that. It was just like this really awkward, disgusting, exploitive situation where nothing came about from it. There's no training beforehand. There was no way that I could communicate with you. It was just like a disgusting situation. There's like that times like, I don't know, a hundred other stories exactly like that of women just being in a position where they are the ones being trafficked. They are the ones being sexually exploited and Tim Ballard can uh, go to hell. So in recent weeks, Catherine Ballard, Ooh, I like this part. In recent weeks, Catherine Ballard, Tim's wife has vigorously defended the couple's roots and Ballard's public image more generally. In an appearance on conservative talk radio host, Rod Arquette's show, she said the allegations were the result of Ballard's work, when you decide to come out against sex trafficking, people come after you, she told him, adding quickly, I don't know what to say. I'm not trying to claim it's all orchestrated and some one big person is behind it all. On a joint appearance with her husband on comedian Adam Carolla's podcast, Catherine said she knew he had saved children with complete faithfulness to me. Hmm. Well... Let's see the, the, the allegations from the other lawsuit, the new amendments in the lawsuit sure do say that you, Catherine, knew all about this and that you were involved in suppressing the witnesses from coming forward and that you are actually a frigid bitch. It's all in the lawsuits. A press release supposedly jointly issued by the Ballards uh, appeared to suggest that the child trafficking cartels could somehow uh, be behind the allegations. You know what? Here's the, here's, hey, I got a brand new, my brand new theory. My brand new joke just popped into my old noggin right now. Here's what's funny. <laughs> okay. So you know how Tim Ballard is like, anyone who did any of this and said this stuff about me, they are part of the sex trafficking. They're part of the cartels. Like they must be behind it. Like anyone who comes out against me, they are for sex trafficking. You know what? Tim Ballard couldn't even know who was for sex trafficking if it bit him in the ass because he himself is for sex trafficking and he can't even notice that. So what, uh, what kind of, um, what kind of suggestions does that lead to about your ability 
about your what kind of lens, what kind of really exact measures, how do we make a make sense of any of this? The only thing that we can make sense of is that Tim Ballard is terrible at telling who sex traffickers are. That's the number one thing that we can get from this. The one thing that we know, Tim Ballard cannot see who the sex traffickers are because there's one living in his own bed, in his own body. He himself is a sex trafficker. So if he wants to say, those sex traffickers are the ones making up these allegations, the sex traffickers, it's the, it's the phone calls coming from inside the house. That is the truth. Okay. Did I finish reading this part? Nope. We got to roast Catherine Ballard some more. Um, in their meeting, Ballard presented the ruse solemnly as something absolutely central to the work he did with his team. It's just so solemn. Justifying it to Allison in much the same way he's since justified it to the public. I'm talking a lot and there's air going in. Sorry. <gasps> Both she and Jacobs recalled Ballard describing the boundaries such as the male operator would only touch the female one like he would touch his mother. Tim, did you do you really get up in your mom's vagina when she's being molested by a massage therapist? And you're like, is this how dad does it to you? I'm everyone's cringing and wants me to shut up in the comments, but we just have to roast him for saying that. just touch just like you would your mother, you know, just like get all up in her vag the way that, you know. You want to make sure that the the bean is being flicked the way that dad would do it. Just fuck off, Tim Ballard. It sounds sounded strange to her on the grounds that a sex tourist seeking children from traffickers would perhaps be unlikely to bring his girlfriend. Hmm. Red flag, indeed. But the idea of working as a team did strike her as a plausible way to gather information and a way to fit in. Yeah, it's just like, you know, if it's just like in theory we're working as a team we're going into this you know massage parlor or this strip club or this you know chuck e cheese or whatever plausibly we're like working as a team or, but it doesn't matter if it sounds plausible it matters if actual people who work in this undercover work as sex traffickers if they think it's plausible if they say that no sex tourists they are isolated men who do not tell everybody about their, you know, sexual perversions around children. They don't go in teams. They don't go with their girlfriends or their wife. That's the thing is that you need to be like, it's not plausible to the sex traffickers who you are going to be trying to fool. And it's not plausible to the people who actually work in this industry. So no, it's not plausible. It might sound, but it's not. Many traffickers are women in part because they tend to be more comfortable with children and to be able to make children more comfortable with them. It made sense to Allison to have a male and a female operator working in tandem. I'm thinking it's a way to have a woman be involved and talk with other women, she says. Like the other women traffickers, to be able to infiltrate the whole female side of that world and have that happen in a way that makes sense in a way that's actually safer for the operator. That's not what it was. Mm. Did I miss the $50 super chat? One second. Kate, you friend of mine, Kate said, when a woman complains about an organization, the men under scrutiny always mention whether their legit critic is pretty, sexy, etc. I'm delighted to know whether you find Cooper guy attractive or not. If they make the rules, they play by him. Thank you. I resisted just owning this guy. He looks like an absolutely rat faced douchebag. And it makes me upset that there is just, I'm sorry, there's just this 
there is a society that we live in, Tim Ballard, you cannot get like tens. You can't get the hottest of, of hairstylists, but you can sexually exploit your way into getting with them. So that in your head, you're like, I got exactly what God wanted me to deserve. And that's the same thing that's happening with Matt Cooper. People who have no game, no charisma, no integrity, um, no money, everything that they see in their friends who are wealthy, who actually, you know, have made their millions in slightly more reputable ways. But uh, Tim Ballard and his friends, you need to understand, I have talked to people in this circle that they have a lot of money and they go to these countries. They're not Mormon. They get to live these high lives. And they're, there's like Tim Ballard, the making like $300,000 a year in Tim Ballard circles, $300,000 a year is nothing when his friends make $20 million a year. So you have to understand that like in his skeezy little gross mind, it's like he, he, he just, he wants to reach farther than, um, his looks, charisma, um, marital fidelity <laughs> would allow him to do. And that's the same with Matt Cooper. And since the, he's Matt Cooper is just as much of a a skeezy douchebag as Tim Ballard. Um, yeah, I'm going to say you guys are all uh, baseline um, disgusting pricks, but uh, uh, the, the the most expanded of that version, disgusting, ugly criminals. And um, I hope you spend a long time in prison. Thanks for the $50. I will continue to um, uh, make fun of the looks of anyone who um, I find ugly on the inside from now on, though. I, I really do try to resist. Um, back at it. Okay. That is not what it was. She says, as Ballard explained it to her, the main idea was that the women could cock block preventing the male operator. I would love to hear Tim Ballard, like explaining how things are going with M. Russell Ballard, the apostle on the phone, be like, yeah, things are going great. Um, we have this new system. It's called, um, cock blocking. So let me explain the, uh, male, uh, genitalia in, uh, the terms with the kids these days it goes by it's called cock elder ballard and uh so it's it just is actually quite a convenient thing that block and cock rhyme so when uh, somebody wants to use their cock they are blocked and it's called a cock block so um that's that's what we're doing there with uh, your blessing hope that you approve of that especially because it's rhymed does that not feel like it was ordained by god because cock and block rhymed you can't tell me elder ballard that that's not ordained of god so we're going to keep on cock blocking with the couple's ruse hope that's okay i'll send your wife some flowers in your grave as you die because i'm going to put you in the grave because of my stupid idiotic mentionings of your names tim ballard killed elder ballard quote me on that as Ballard explained it to her, the main idea was that the women could cock block, preventing the male operator from any sexual interactions a trafficker might expect and helping to pull the plug when needed. Pull the plug, huh? Elder Ballard died. Tim, you're behind it. This is consistent with what one of the women suing him alleges he told her, which is that she could be a cock blocker. She also alleges that he claimed the scheme was a revelation from God. <laughs> Just question your narratives, please. Because there was no way he could have thought of such a brilliant ruse. Maybe that works, Allison thought. You say it works. If you say it works, you're the expert. Ballard further told her that they had a thing they did on his team, Allison says. He got up close to her and asked, with an intense, focused demeanor, if she thought it was something he she should do. If she thought it was something she should do. I'm a professional, she said. And if this is something that needs to be done, 
this is something I can do. Poor Allison. Allison, she just wanted to keep her eyesight intact and help kids, but that's not what happened. What she needed to do, Ballard said in her recollection, was do the job 24-7. She would need to act as part of a couple at all times, including behind closed doors. Jacobs does not recall this. That type of discussion would have never taken place in front of me, he says, because that behavior would have been completely unnecessary and not justifiable in any way. Jacobs is involved in this story somehow, but I'm not a reporter. I can't remember what. Jacobs is one of the douche bros that works for OUR. He's up there in the article. I'm not going to go back. Ballard asked her to look around the room and tell him who she felt the most naturally, most naturally do the couple's ruse with. She held his gaze and told him that she was a professional and it didn't matter. And he's like, just do what I do. Let your genitals guide the way. He asked the men to leave the room. And then he asked the men who wants her. He had a personal question for her. He said and didn't want to make her uncomfortable. Being alone in a room with him didn't make her especially comfortable, but she stayed quiet. Mm, that is, this is just pages ripped out of the days of our Mormon lives, right, girls? <laughs> At the time, Allison had a drastic undercut. I don't want to make any judgment, Ballard said in Allison's recollection, but I see that you have your head shaved. Are you gay? She said she was not. Are you bi? She said that she was. Oh, that's excellent, he said. Perfect, perfect, perfect. I can sexually exploit you with more women, he said. Mm, I have got a row of women who want to molest you. He got so excited that I was bisexual, said Allison. Oh my God, he's got so excited. Ballard explained that his team went into a lot of strip clubs and that she might need to interact with girls as if she wanted to buy them. If she was actually attracted to them, he said, that would help. <laughs> you know how you just like can just do that with your sexuality. It's like, I'm attracted to men. And if I wanted to buy, um, I don't know, like a sex trafficked 20 year old boy who didn't want to be there, I could just like make him think I'm super attracted to him. And that would make the deal go through. It's like your attraction to somebody is pretty much irrelevant if you're a professional at the job and Tim Ballard's like, no, you really got to think with your genitals. It's the only way that this works. Trust me. And this girl's like, um, I'm a professional, you know, it's like, okay. Anyway, let the record state. I do not want to buy any 20 year old males. I want to, I want to pay full price for 30 year olds. These are the jokes folks. Vice News has previously reported on another OUR volunteer who describes a superior treating it as a matter of course that operators would find trafficking victims sexually attractive. I want to barf. I want to barf all over my whole milk. Let me take a second. Oh, God. That's why is that like the grossest thing to me? I can't put it into words. There's no joke. I'm on a live stream here. I'm trying to think of analogies off the top of my head and I can't. I just want to barf or drink my whole milk to settle my tummy. He summoned the men back into the room. The vibe, Allison remembers, was strange, and she felt an urgent need to clarify what had happened when they were alone. Hey, guys, she said, Tim just asked me if I was bisexual, and I said yes, and he was really happy about it. Go, Allison. Best friends for life. You and me, girl. It wasn't an issue with anyone, and no judgment was passed at all, said Jacobs. T-Mobile, get your advertisements out of my face. 
Allison spent the rest of that day on the range shooting and doing combat first aid drills. This made no sense to her as undercover operatives didn't carry weapons. Hmm. This is, again, it's just like myth-making, storytelling to Tim Ballard, like trying to do badass things, like diving for knives and pretending to shoot weapons and doing crap like that. All of that is outsourced, including the saving of kids. Nothing is actually as it seems. It was also strange given the general invisibility of putting a weapon in the hands of someone you don't know, but she figured that it was a test to see if she had the skills she said she did. She then went to a strip club with Cooper, the director of security, to carry out the couple's ruse, which involved getting really physical with each other, she says. She sat on his lap. They whispered in each other's ears and so on. This was ostensibly meant to ass uh, assess her undercover skills. She was asked, for example, to find out what make of car a random patron's mother drove. Mm. She was asked to find out how much she was attracted to the women at the strip club that she was going to sell. It's all just like pull a random thing out of a hat. There's just, this is sick. So much money wasted. So many people abused. I want to die. <gasps> Oyor's leader's obsession with strip clubs was a source of bafflement, not just to her, but to other operators as well as Oyor employees. I've been to a strip club once. Um, Molly, the Mormon love her so much. Uh, she does a great job there. Um, personally, I'm, I'm not gay enough to really get into it that much, but overall it's a vibe. It's fine. If I, if I was attracted to the entire situation that was going on there. Um, yeah, I could, I could see being like a repressed Mormon person and like really having a good time, but you know what? Mm, it's, it's, you're either just going to like go to strip clubs and, uh, kind of get that out of your system, but it's really says a lot to me that that is kind of where they think that they need to do their operations in. So it's like, if you were a Mormon guy and you're like, sorry, wife, like I got to set up my, my uh, computer at the strip club. I have to work from a strip club. This, the, the average sexually repressed Mormon person would not bat that away. <laughs> They'd be like, if I have to work there, if I have to make that my norm. Yeah. They're making going to strip clubs as their everyday operations, basically like the norm of how they train people. It just says a lot more to me that like you guys have a lot of sexual repression to work through and are not the people to lead the way on ending sexual exploitation. Because again, you might be, the call might be coming from inside the house. You might need to, to go to therapy and work out some stuff. Also trails. It's a fantastic place. <laughs> I've met some good friends there. <laughs> I walked into trails once, man, you know, I get recognized now in Salt Lake city, but I was steeped in Exmos calling out my name from the stage. No, but anyway, go to trails. It's where everyone knows your name. If your name is Nuanto. After a few hours, Cooper decided he'd seen enough and said, she says, told Ballard that she was great. That was enough for Ballard, who said he wanted her to accompany them to Mexico on an operation that was slated to begin within 10 days. I had no training. Nothing, says Allison. They'd known me for two days, and now they want to take me to, into Mexico on this operation where they there were undercover cartels in 10 days. I was like, that's crazy as hell, but I'm game. <sighs> poor, poor naive Allison. The next day, she interviewed with Kevin Kozak, OUR's recently hired director of international operations over a video call. A veteran of Homeland Security Investigations, the division of ICE, for which Ballard worked prior to founding OUR. He reported to Ballard while overseeing him in his capacity as ops 
team leader, and unusual reporting structure that quickly proved problematic for OUR. You think? Allison's interview with Kozak, who by reputation was unimpressed with OUR's recruitment specifically and the way it carried out international operations generally, was exhausting. He ran through each item on her resume skeptically, demanding she explain every item in it and provide a reference for every job she'd ever had. I wish that he did that to Tim Ballard and every child that he ever claimed that he saved. Uh, put your scrutiny on Tim Ballard for once, would you please? I hated it, she says, but also appreciated it. This feels like he's actually vetting. The following day, she sent him professional references for every single job that she had. All right, I'm going to skip this part. So it says they go down to Mexico. I have a hot date with Allison Schiffler and my husband at a comedy club in negative three minutes. That I gotta go to. But I got to make sure that we get to the very bottom of this. I'm exaggerating. I do have to go, though. Um, so blah, blah, blah. We're going to go down to the bottom because this is where, um, we got to make sure to get to this juicy stuff. So, but because the operations took place during the height of the pandemic, members of Ballard's team on their arrival in the British Virgin Islands were required to quarantine. They did so on a luxurious private Island, which they were welcomed by its owner, Brittany Turner, an entrepreneur, real estate mogul, and philanthropist with an anti-trafficking organization of her own, Aerial Recovery. Aha! So aerial recovery, Tim Ballard's always like, we work with other groups and they think they think they're reputable. We're reputable. And we work with other reputable groups. And then you look into it and it's like aerial recovery group or like your other Mormon bro friends also running a totally skeezy operation. So pay attention. Aerial recovery, which at this time also no offense. I have a, I have a name that's spelled differently, but I am suspect of this Brittany spelling Brittany. We blame the parents, not the child, but I just wanted to make note of that. Brittany Turner owns this private island that she's taken everybody to, which at this time was coming into the orbit of OUR, the biggest and most established group of its kind. Turner, her partner, Jeremy Locke, and Aerial Recovery did not reply to detailed requests for comments. Guilty! 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 That's how you know. Anyway, just kidding. They have not been accused of wrongdoing of the lawsuits filed against uh, Ballard and OUR. According to her online biography, Turner has had a passion for ending sex trafficking since she was 12 years old, which led to her co-founding Aerial Recovery. Blah, blah, blah. All right, skipping down. Um, OUR paid the group just under $200,000, $200,000 in 2021, according to 2022 tax filing, and is known to have worked in Ukraine with at least one organization led by Ballard, who recently exposed the identity of one of its operatives, thereby posting a sensitive video of her defending the couple's ruse. Remember that? Remember when Tim Ballard's like, all my female operatives love the couple's ruse. I'll get them to go on my Instagram and totally say that they love it. And then he goes and he puts the, he doesn't even blur their faces and he puts them up on their Instagram. And she's like, hi, I worked with Tim Ballard. He didn't molest me at all. I love the couple's ruse. Anything else? Oh, okay. You're going to blow my face, right? Mm-hmm. And the check is in the mail. Perfect. All right. Bye. Um, and then they took it down and I think they reposted it and it's blurred. Not to mention everything that Tim Ballard did, did in Ukraine, everything I've watched all of his speeches about working in Ukraine. Oh my gosh. Bullshit after bullshit, lie after lie about what he did in Ukraine. And then on top of that, in one of his, um, uh, speeches for the Book of Mormon evidence conference, he does the same thing. He does the same fucking thing in those speeches. He puts up a picture of one of his female operatives 
um, that he worked with in Ukraine. It's a different one than the one they're talking about here. But he's like, look at this young blonde woman. And it's so nice because she was like so able to play a child, even though she's a 36 year old woman. This was our child operative. Blah, blah, blah. It's like if you think that the sex traffickers of the world are just so seedy and mysterious and just so in the webs of everything that they can control me. They can control everybody. They can control your former operatives to be like working for them. You know, do you not think that they're going to also show up at the Book of Mormon evidence conference? And they're like, Hey, my buddy is in jail. You know, you've seen a movie, how these mob bosses work and they have like revenge porn, <laughs> revenge quotas. You don't think that they're going to be like, let's pay close attention to this person who sent us to jail. And, uh, let's, let's look at the operatives who sent us to jail and go murder them. And Tim Peller's just like, making their photos fly all over. So it just shows like the incompetence and the irresponsibility of all of this. But I'm just going to say, maybe there were never any fucking sex traffickers in jail to even be mad enough at them to go find these operatives in the first place. Like that doesn't help your case that you're showing their faces all over. I hate you so much, Tim Ballard. Okay. Spent a lot of money hiring this aerial operations group. Um, Moving on, Allison had never before seen anything like she saw on this island, which featured what she calls a 10-star accommodations resembling the sort of lavish billionaire's compound seen in films like Glass Onion. Wow, 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 wow. I did see that film. Quite the extravagant display. Uh, the group approached the island by boat and was greeted by staff in golf carts who ferried everyone to their own luxury huts. All right. That sounds pretty nice. I haven't had a vacation. I haven't had a vacation pretty much ever. This photo right here is apparently a photo taken. Allison took Cooper is seen swimming off of the private island on one of those really cool underwater things. And man, I guess I just, I don't really have like a boner for sexually exploiting people. I wouldn't do anything irresponsible to meet those ends. But man, I really... That thing looks pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know. I could do some illegal stuff. Some I could do some misdemeanors. I see where <laughs> I will. Uh, I will work really hard at this YouTube channel. You guys pay me hard enough, and I will, through legal means, get to be on one of those underwater little skadooty things. Um, because I'm not going to be down there like Cooper is fucking pretending that kids are being hit sex trafficked underwater there's no kids underneath the coral coop get back to work all right blah 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 she was served gourmet vegan meals and waited on hand and foot by a private staff oh, they were all dressed in black allison says they all had long blonde hair and it was very fucking creepy yeah i could live without that part i want all of mine to wait on me hand and foot serve me uh non-vegan meals. I want steak and I want everyone, um, to not be creepy. I want everyone just to be clones of, uh, my husband because he is not creepy. And he also waits on me hand and foot. The Island has its own ranch festooned with, they love using that word festooned. I, I've learned it. I I'm picking up on your vocabulary vice news. It's dude with rescued zebras. Zebras. <laughs> this is, I didn't read this right yet. That's fucking insane. After all the vegan cooking found herself eyeing hungrily. Ah, oh, I like that line. It's adding to like that. We are some rich fucking people eating grass when there is a perfectly good zebra over there for the taking. 
This was Allison learned the style to which Ballard had become accustomed. Pin on that. Hold on. I've been talking for an hour and 15 minutes straight. If you appreciate this for the love of all that is good and holy subscribe to this channel and leave me nice compliments. Um, I just, I got to reiterate again, Tim Ballard's friend circle, lots of millionaires. He's feeling left out. I only make $300,000 a year. That's nothing. He wants to play with the big boys. All right. So you have, um, why is his name not coming to me right now? All right. I'll come to me later. Um, uh, why is his name? Hutchinson, Paul Hutchinson. There we go. Um, Paul Hutchinson is one of these people. I'm going to talk more in later videos about the, the triangulation between Sean Reyes, uh, Tim Ballard and Paul Hutchinson and Paul Hutchinson, he, him and his high rolling friends. He's like, he wants to be up there like freaking playing footsies with Oprah. So us normal people who just really appreciate $5 super chats where that means something to us. Tim Ballard is out here with these high rollers that we would, us commoners would know nothing about. That's the life that he wants to live. That is why he will sexually exploit all those people. What I was just barely doing me going, well, fuck, I want to, um, how much illegal activity do I have to do to get that? That feeling in all of us where it's like, well, damn it. I want to quit my day job and go do that. That's what Tim Ballard did. He got to quit his day job of actually working for Homeland Security so that he could go festooning around private islands. This was Allison learned the style in which Ballard had become accustomed. In his view, it was imperative while carrying out undercover operations to be taken for a wealthy sex tourist. And that, but that's not how it always was. What's funny is, is he, like it said at the beginning, Ballard is too famous to be able to do this. And so for a long time, it was other operatives. It was Paul Hutchinson, his other friends. Nobody knows his name and face, but Paul Hutchinson, he already gets to live up this lavish lifestyle at home. And now on operations, Tim Ballard is feeling jealous. This is not even me making up. This is like literally what his friends have told me that Tim Ballard's like, well, that's fucking not as fun. I have to call my freaking frigid bitch of a wife at home and like hear the nine kids screaming in the background. I have to stay in this safe house with a bunch of losers while they get a fly first class because they get to pretend to be the sex tourists. They get to pretend to be the sex traffickers. I want to pretend or not pretend to be a sex trafficker. I want to have fun too. That is, it all makes sense now, doesn't it? Where it's like, Tim Ballard, yeah, you should have never been on these operations. You're too famous. You should have never been on them because you're also a total like skeezy douchebag. So many things. But he's like, I want to have that fun that other people get to have. Okay, well, also, Tim, you're Mormon. You have a wife. You have kids. You also can't. Well, what did I make up this thing called the couple's ruse? It's just loophole after loophole of why he gets to do the fun things that his friends are doing. I've been there. We've all been uh, Subject to a little peer pressure now and now and again. It just didn't lead to, um, you know, so many people being molested in a lawsuit. Man, you should have seen me when I was 19 at summer camp. The peer pressure this girl was under. And so she was to, she was given to understand he spent thousands upon thousands of donor dollars on private transportation, upscale hotel rooms, boats, and the like. Allison, meanwhile, earned $200 per day, an amount that didn't even cover the income loss from participating in the mission. I, I know I say this a lot, but fuck you, Tim Ballard. Just like literally. Fuck off. Her operator contract, she noted, was not actually with OUR, but with Deacon, a Nevada LLC and OUR subsidiary. Fun fact, subsidiary is one of my very favorite words. OUR apparently did not have to pay for its time on the private island, rates for which are listed as of publication as beginning at $25,000 per night. That sounds pretty classy. 
As Allison understood it, Turner and Locke donated it as part of Aerial Recovery Group partnering with OUR on the undercover operations. I smell tax fraud. <laughs> I smell an illegal tax write-off. Allison was joined on the island by Ballard and a young Mormon woman who will be referred to here as Kaylin, who was playing Ballard's wife as part of the couple's ruse. They had come straight from Mexico, where they had been carrying out an undercover operation with Cooper, who joined them later. Also joining them was a therapist who accompanied Ballard. The therapist, I think, is maybe Janet Rustin, the psychic. We'll see. Allison was given to understand that as the weight of being a prophet of God, <laughs> so difficult, running OUR and being famous was weighing heavily on him. Ballard was working on his mental health, a choice she appreciated and respected. I just so appreciate if you know that you're chosen and called by God and you have to sexually exploit women, it's going to weigh heavily on you. So like take some you time, run yourself a bubble bath. Like I respect the grind, but I also respect the self-care. Kaylin, who, mm, Allison Schiffler, I'm on a live stream. Text me in a minute. Hold on. You guys know Allison Schiffler, right? She's so freaking badass. Follow her on Instagram. And uh, she's an ex-Mormon therapist who um, basically saves my life every day. Kaylin, who requested that Vice News refers to her as uh, by a pseudonym out of concern for her safety, corroborated the details of Allison's account but otherwise declined to comment. The therapist did not respond to requests for comment. During their first weeks on the island, Ballard sequestered himself, often alone and sometimes with the therapist, receiving what he calls downloads from God or engaging in intensive therapy sessions. Why does my brain get so dirty when I hear that? When somebody says intensive therapy sessions, I'm just like, were you jerking off to porn in there? <laughs> when he emerged from prayer, prayer, he was vague about the details, but continuously told the team he was receiving important missive, missive, missives from above. I don't know every word in the dictionary. You found out here first, folks. Powerful information today, guys. He said, powerful information. I get some real powerful information. In Allison's memory, Ballard has publicly discussed receiving spiritual downloads. All of this left time for Kaylin, Allison, and the therapist to lounge by the pool, getting to know one another. Kaylin, it became clear, had no relevant background or experience that would have qualified her for undercover work, aside from that she was, she had as a hairdresser. In which role she assisted Ballard in dyeing his hair. Hmm. Yeah, and it's time that you are brought into the light. <laughs> Not the lightening of my hair color, but the light of uh, how to save sex traffic kids, which means me getting to bone you. Let's go to Mexico. Slash the Caribbean. It became clear that she absolutely believed that her relationship with Ballard was ordained by God. Poor girl. And that the two were on a divine mission that no one else would understand. I say that about me and slices of pizza. So just shut up, Tim Ballard. One day, Kaylin was struggling with her laptop, complaining that she was having problems uploading large files. She was trying, what she was trying to do, Allison learned, was send them to OUR's Utah headquarters. On Ballard's instructions, she had recorded a meeting with purported cartel operatives in Mexico on her phone. So that's one thing where it's like, oh, at least you had a little bit of something there. Did you fuck it up? Oh, you fucked it up big time. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's just like, what an operation. 
which was in her purse. She had then traveled to the British Virgin Islands, going through customs and border control, getting on and off planes and interacting with military and government officials with this evidence, which supposedly compromised a cartel-linked trafficker whom a Mexican official had asked Ballard to investigate. This was what she was trying to upload. I was so freaked out, said Allison. I was like, this is majorly fucked up. During this time, Allison expected that at some point she would be trained. You'd think. She had repeatedly been told not to worry when asking questions about how they would carry out their mission and what and that there would be plenty of time for training and quarantine. She had in mind that she would learn about the exotic technology OUR used to identify and surveil traffickers. She had dreams of grandeur, <laughs> as well as about its policies and procedures. It slowly dawned on her, though, that she wasn't being trained on tech and policies because there were none. She remembers asking Cooper, for instance, what sort of tech they would be using on missions and being told somewhat confusingly that sometimes they used an app, but that she could use whatever app she wanted. I was like, what? She says, you mean to tell me you guys are using your phones and you're just downloading an app? There was also a business element to the quarantine period. As Allison remembers it, Turner, Locke, and Ballard were in the midst of solidifying the relationship between OUR and Ariel. Turner was and is a multimillionaire. I can tell by your creepy long hair weight snap on your private island. I don't need to have that rubbed in anymore that I don't have a private island or one of those. What are those called? Those underwater ski do things? God damn it. The rich... They live a whole different life. I wish I could pan over and show you the stack of garbage that I sleep on. <laughs> uh, she was often busy in Allison's observation. She upscales businesses and she's a motivational speaker. Allison says she ta she'd talk and play videos and patch into these seminars about being a global business person. She remembers discussions of setting up a command post on the island where OUR donors could watch operations being carried out in real time. So donors could go fly to the island and watch. It's just, this is, this is sexual exploitation on so many levels, but it's also just exploitation of vulnerable people. Full stop. You can't donate to a cause and then you know, you have real-time people videotaping, apparently busting into brothels to save sex trafficked kids. Like, these kids have a, they have a face, they have a soul, they have a future. You can't just put them on cameras and do all of these uh, operations under the guise that, like, we're getting out the word because when we film you, kid, that you have no ability to consent to the filming of yourself. Like, that's this is just breaking every single law. And then on top of that, to set up a command post that people can fly out to this private island to watch these operations happen in real time. This That's another type of sexual exploitation. It's another type of exploitation, generally speaking. And the people who are supposed to be ending it or the people who are perpetuating it, it's fucked up. She said was... That was that Ballard's eyes were full of dollar signs when he looked at Turner. Yeah. Technology wasn't the only thing no one would tell her about. Over the past year, she had been told Locke had been surveilling the area and gathering information on trafficking operations with which to brief OUR. Now, this is funny. This is kind of one of those things that we've been waiting for. So... This briefing, a 70-page target report, was to be the basis of their work. It was cut down to an express version at Ballard's request. It sounds like Trump, where he's like, too much reading, give me the TLDR. During their first week on the island, Allison asked if she could review the document. Cooper told her he wasn't sure if she was allowed to see it. Um, 
spoiler alert. The only thing she had to do was just like go type in like where they are on Google Maps. Be like, like sexy woman's private island in the British Virgin Islands. And then go to Google Maps and then be like strip clubs here, here and there. And Cooper's like, you can't see it. It's so exclusive. And she's like, is this just like somebody Google mapped like brothels in the area? Like I can do that. Eventually, she was told that Ballard believed reading the report was a waste of time. It is a waste of time. It's a waste of time for you guys all to be there. <laughs> God, he said, would tell them who their targets were. Ugh. I want 14 naps after reading this. My gosh. What Locke did eventually produce for the team's review was not the sophisticated assessment Allison expected. Of course not. The presentation contained no specific information about human trafficking or traffickers. Of course. Or indeed any evidence that would lead anyone to suppose there was any to be operated against. Exactly. That's why Tim Ballard's like, I've been searching the globe for the fastest growing criminal enterprise on the planet and i just keep coming up short i can't get any information google maps isn't telling me anything is it okay oh you are if i hire my friend that's a psychic and we pay her six figures sure that's better than nothing support information was on the order of a list of numbers and addresses for the local police okay so here it is let me make it big <laughs> so they type it out like as if it's fucking mission impossible. Dun, 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 dun. Your mission, if you choose to accept it, is this location at Google Maps. Dun, 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 dun. It says like confidential um, April 20th, 2021, British Virgin Islands, level three. Reconsider travel. American citizens are not specifically targeted for crime in the British Virgin Islands. However, crimes of opportunity such as petty larceny, burglary, automotive break-ins automotive automotive i'm i'm gonna give up on trying to read that in a funny way <laughs> drug related crimes uh basically it says most likely course of action local gangs and ruffians mistake uc teams for tourists and attempt to rob or assault operators crooked cops try and export money from operators for personal gain um, I'm going to take a sip of my milk while you guys read that. Man, I am like blowing through brain cells trying to make sense of how anyone could fucking think that this is, uh, it, it, I, it makes sense if you already have no brain cells to begin with, but okay. Um, fun fact, I mentioned this before. I also have a stack of papers over there. Um, similar things from the Nazarene fund with Glenn Beck, where it's just like, you can't just go around telling people that you have a license to, uh, speed around town. And it's just like a coupon for Chuck E. Cheese. It's, it's cute. It's adorable. It's literally like, uh, like a, an IOU from Santa Claus is what this kind of shit is. It's like, it's like a prop. This is like a prop. It's a prop. That's what I call it. I think that's a good word. The ruffians, um, our response, UC teams will mitigate this threat by maintaining situational awareness. <laughs> this is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Oh my God. I just used my roommate's um, soap and I smell like a man right now as well. And I'm like, am I, I'm like literally having an out of body experience right now. I'm so 
I'm like, is Tim Ballard here? I feel like he's like in my presence. I, I smell like cologne right now. I want to vomit. Anyway, um, uh, this uh, maintaining situational awareness. That's so cute. Just by like having peripheral vision, we're going to take down these ruffians. These sex trafficking gangs. Oh, you haven't seen The Last of Us when we have situational awareness. I'm going to die. Okay. Um, keeping contact with backup teams and QRF boat teams, as well as not participating in any illegal or seemingly illegal activities. And then there's like a wink and a nod to that. Anyway, what a fun prop they made there. In group settings, Ballard occasionally spoke about his thoughts and feelings and how difficult everything was for him. He he does seem like he... Maybe that's one thing me and, me and Tim Ballard would have in common. We are just <laughs> really like blabbering towels. Um, uh, he ruminated on people who said bad things about him. Allison says, seemingly fixated on it. These... A lot of people say bad things about me, and I just live by this phrase, let people be wrong about you. Do you want to know how many people speak bad things about me? You just go, let people be wrong about you. It's, it's when you have an ego problem that you're like, no, I have to make sure everyone only believes correct things about me at all times. It's going to take a lot of mushrooms to get through this, Tim Ballard, but I believe in you. Allison says, seemingly fixated on it, these difficulties were alleviated somewhat when Catherine, his wife, arrived as a surprise oh my gosh, my wife is here while well, I'm on this couple's ruse with this Mormon Caitlin girl. What a pleasant surprise, my wife of nine children. Allison's assessment of Catherine is blunt. Being with her is like being with a Stepford wife. I mean, there's just nothing there. Allison, my email is below. Please contact me for slumber parties and future best friend retreats. I love you so much. <laughs> Whenever the operational benefits of her being uh, of her being there were, it was quite a place for a married couple to spend time together. Ballard seemingly avoided Kaylin as much as possible while Catherine was there. In another context, it would have been idyllic. They sailed boats, paddleboarded, rode jet skis, and followed a carefully regimented schedule. Um. Uh. 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 On the day of Catherine's departure, for example, with the exception of one hour of personal time, <laughs> one hour of personal time, everything was laid out from a 7.15 a.m. workout to a 7 p.m. dinner under the stars, followed by a bonfire with guests expected to adhere to the itinerary quite strictly. One thing was made clear to Allison. She and Cooper, Ballard said, needed to really start getting to know each other. They needed to get close. They needed to spend time together and to get used to touching each other. They needed to start practicing. They needed to start barfing in each other's mouth. The centrality of the couple's ruse was such that Allison had to sign a couple's ruse contract. She said a paper document in which she promised not to touch the genitalia or kiss the lips of Cooper. I know you want to. Gotta sign this contract. Promise not to touch my gigantic tiny dick. The person, a lot of people are wanting to get their hands on it. So not going to like, I'm not letting anybody slip through this. The idea of promising not to have sex struck her as not particularly professional. In the intelligence community, she said, you do any fucking thing you need to do because the other person is a professional. The other person isn't a professional. That's where they got you. That is the key thing you missed. 
the contract she said was ridiculous. The whole thing was ridiculous. Nonetheless, she signed it. So here we are. This is the OUR undercover operations couples ruse agreement. This is so integral to the entire part of it that they even have a contract. Um, limitations. It says the undercover operator, Timothy Ballard and blank will not and have not engaged in the following acts with each other during the operations in Cancun, Mexico and surrounding areas, kissing on the lips, touching or exposing private parts, including breasts and genitalia. Mm, and as we know, all of this is involved with the apostle that just died and Russell Ballard, where he, this was all apparently sanctioned by him. When the women were like, are you sure about this? He's like, yeah, I ran this. This has all been run over with the uh, M. Russell Ballard, and he said, as long as you're not kissing on the lips or touching genitalia, you have my go-ahead. And that is probably, I think it's probably true. He could have at least been manipulated into agreeing to something to that effect. I don't know. And now he's dead. So there's the contract. It says, couples are contract. This is not the one Allison signed, but the one Utah court filing alleges Cooper and a woman suing our OUR signed. Oh, so many things will be coming out. All of this was inherently uncomfortable for Allison. It was all the more so given Ballard's consistent pressure. Walking by them, he would wink or ask Allison to sit on Cooper's lap or say, why aren't you guys touching each other? She remembers a shitty, nasty grin spreading across his face when he walked past the two reclining on a couch. The point she came to believe was not just to egg the two on into having sex with each other, but to catching them doing it. You skeezy, skeezy, gross man. To seal Cooper's loyalty and perhaps to give Ballard something to hold over his head. She believes this in part because Ballard repeatedly sneaked up on them, seemingly attempting to catch them in the act. For a couple nights, for instance, the entire party stayed on a catamaran. Sounds pretty dope. Allison and Cooper were, per the doctrine of the couple's room, staying together in a small bedroom cabin. Three or four times each night, Ballard would burst into the room unannounced on the pretext of having something to tell them. As late as one o'clock in the morning, they were always fully clothed, Allison said, but that was just all weird and inappropriate and creepy. And not to mention a tiny little boat catamaran. You think that, like, yeah, I'm really going to, like, go all the way and, like... You'd, you'd be swaying the boat back and forth if you were trying to fuck in a freaking catamaran. Tim Ballard doesn't even know how sex works. He knows about sex work, but not how it works. After the required number of days in isolation, the undercover mission or fishing trip was set to go. Dubbed Operation Marcel, it took place over several days in early June on islands near one turn. turn Oops. That's my husband saying, come home. We have a date. Um, husband, I'm on a live stream. All right, we got to rush through this. Anyway, she says that this took place and a bunch of gross stuff happened. They were like, don't do this to me. I don't want to be here. Sorry, I have to rush through this. Ballard had a clear conclusion. He and Kaylin. Ballard had a clear solution. He and Kaylin would gather intelligence by going to spas, strip clubs, and bars while Allison and Cooper monitored them from outside the car using, um, hold on. My husband's trying to talk to me right now. The love of my life. Let me talk to the people about this. Ballard had a clear solution. He and Kaylin would gather intelligence by going to spas, strip clubs, and bars while Allison and Cooper monitored them from outside uh, in a car using an off-the-shelf app called ATAC to trap their location. A third team provided by Aerial Recovery followed in a boat. For like six to seven hours, Tim would be in these strip clubs with Kaylin, Allison said, as part of their cover as sex tourists. 
Ballard and Kalen would perform the role of a couple. Ballard would, from time to time, ask patrons and employees where he could find a wider scene. One document shows Ballard asking bewildered workers at an upscale spa for other types of massages, maybe something that are off the menu. These were, as far as Allison knew, random bars and strip clubs, not shown by any particular intelligence gathering to be linked to trafficking, making the line between performed... uh, and actual sex tourism, something less than clear and distinct. All these activities were memorialized in a document called the Daily Side Rep, which came complete with faux government markings. Ooh, let's look. Um, slide from an OUR situation reports, Vice News has redacted the names of businesses and individuals it just goes further into the report of basically we know nothing, but we're pretending that we know a lot. And again, this is where it goes into like, did you guys just go to these countries and actually start making a, a market for sex trafficking when there wasn't any before? Because like we've heard from other former operatives where it's like, if you go to somebody and they are poor and you say, I see that you um, are having offering this service, or I see you're, you're, you're offering to sell me this legally aged prostitute and you're a pimp. Do you have anything younger? Is there like a sister, a girlfriend, or a child that you could go sweep up and bring on over? And people do. Like, that's what the operatives have said. They're like, we just created sex trafficking where there wasn't any before. Good God. The team's best uh, lead came. The team's best lead came one afternoon when Ballard and Kaylin went to a bar they had been informed was there to go to find a good place to party. The proprietor told them that he knew a guy who had girls from all over the islands. As Ballard and Kaylin were about to leave, the proprietor told them to wait. Five minutes later, the man named Henry, Vice News, is referring to him by a pseudonym, pulled up in a Mercedes. He told them he could get whatever they wanted, but Ballard and Kaylin wanted, they said, was an orgy. In their heart of hearts, they they probably did. Henry offered, according to the document, Venezuelan and Dominican Republic girls as young as 22. And they're like, ah, uh, no bueno. This didn't strike Allison as especially good reason to think that he was a trafficker as opposed to a pimp and even an operator comment. Apparently written by Ballard was lukewarm at best. The fact that Henry is able to provide women during the middle of the day indicates that he has decent control over their schedules, which can be a big indicator of trafficking, read the document. Nonetheless, Ballard engaged the man for a party. Tim Ballard is getting orgies on top of everything. Let the rest of us have some fun. Apparently hoping to bust him for trafficking, he assigned Allison and Cooper to rent a house and then trash it, she said, to make it look like a party house. In practice, this meant messing up the bed, putting some beer in the fridge, spitting toothpaste in the sink, and strewing Doritos around. You guys have never been to an orgy and it shows. You need a lot more buckets of... All right, cut that out. (laughs) Hours before they were set to meet with Henry, Ballard informed Allison that according to a spiritual download he'd received, that means talking with his psychic, I'm thinking, or doing some ketamine, as it is alleged, she was meant to be the uh, be the primary on the operation. That meant she would interact with Henry, ask him to set up parties with women, and maintain a relationship with him via an OUR-provided burner phone, even after she returned to the United States. This was concerning to Allison because it meant that rather than finding women who had already been trafficked, she could potentially be creating a market for trafficking victims. 
numerous experts as well as people who have worked for OUR have previously previously raised concern to Vice News about the possibility that its operations could create demand for trafficking, as I just stated in my uh, expressions previous to this. In preparation for the meeting with Henry, Ballard instructed Allison to look butch but pretty, as she recalls, and to present herself as gay, businesswoman, setting up a sex tourism business in the Caribbean. Sounds pretty badass. <laughs> sounds like a that sounds like a movie in and of itself. The uh, shaved head by businesswoman setting up sex tourism business in the Caribbean. I'd watch that movie. The idea that Allison was supposed to be both a gay businesswoman and also in a relationship with a man with whom she'd been seen with all over the islands was not, she thought, particularly narratively coherent. Like that matters. Tim Ballard is the one who says that he has never done anything wrong and he's also, you know, Norton Ketamine. And sexually exploiting women, nothing in this narratively coherent, sweetheart. On the day of the party, Henry appeared with a woman who she said was 19 and appeared to be Allison to Allison to be of age. Nonetheless, she acknowledges the women could have been older or younger than they than she appeared. Ballard said he wasn't feeling well, so wouldn't have sex with the girl, but would still pay for the time. He wanted to talk business, he said. Allison told the man about her plan to set up a sex tourism business, adding that they were looking for a lot of variety, but refused to specifically say they were looking for underage girls. This was June. They agreed they would return in September for a party. In the meantime, Allison was expecting to maintain contact with the man from the U.S. using the burner phone, something she wasn't and isn't sure would be legal so far as the purpose of the conversations was to encourage him to traffic women and girls. We've got no permission from the U.S. government to do this, she says. I'm on U.S. soil acting as an undercover agent. Sure is graying some lines between saving kids and selling them. To make things stranger, Ballard also began texting her on the burner phone. How are you? Ready for Mexico? He wrote in a message reviewed by Vice News, adding an emoji of a face with hearts for eyes. He wants to bone. There were two problems. One was that she wasn't going to Mexico. The other is that she had reason to believe from familiarity with messages he'd sent to Kaylin. This was a prelude to explicit sexual messages. Good eyes. Good eyes. Good eyes before your eyes got knocked out. But she had some keen perceptions, which she preempted by writing question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. This is Allison. I was not asked to come to Mexico. Ballard apologized. Sorry, he wrote. I thought this was Lisa's phone trying to dirty it to co dirty it for cover. Lisa was Kaylin's undercover alias. Dirty it up was a reference to Ballard's practice of sending explicit sexual messages to female operatives with whom he was carrying out couples ruses which he claimed was necessary to protect them in case traffickers demanded to read their text messages to see if they were, in fact, intimate. Want to get naughty, going to get dirty, going to send sexually exploitative messages to people who aren't my wife. The burner phone she was using, it turned out, was one that Kaylin already used for a previous operation in Mexico. No one had even bothered to change the SIM card. What concerned Allison was the way this suggested a worryingly poor level of operational security not only couldn't OUR keep track of which operatives kept which phones, she'd been provided with a potentially compromised one. Yeah, that's, um, you guys have a feeling that you guys might want to look into this kind of stuff over at OUR. If you guys don't even know 
the burner phones that are going to be kept. Could other things be going on that are wrong under the scenes? <laughs> I mean, look into it. These things are digitally trackable, Allison says. If the cartels were on to them and watching, they would know precisely where this fucking phone was if they wanted to. This wasn't the only way in which the use of this phone potentially compromised Allison. At Ballard's request, she kept up an ongoing conversation with Henry, the suspected trafficker, after her return to the U.S. As part of that, she sent a video to the phone meant to be a taste of what kind of party he could throw, depicting naked women dancing. Could you throw this kind of party? I found some women na dancing naked on the internet. Could you do this kind of party? Um, it appeared to be adults, Allison responded politely, but then she said, it hit me like a ton of bricks. The video she re realized could easily have depicted child sexual exploitation, something that would have been positively illegal for her to have or view. It was also perfectly possible that he would send her something like that in the future. I need a glass of milk. Mmm, tastes about as good as what I'm reading here. Allison called Jeremy Locke, who was then OUR's regional director for the Caribbean. What's the standard operating procedure if I'm sent sexual child sexual abuse material if I'm on U.S. soil? She asked him. Locke responds. Allison says was to tell her to call OUR right away and then turn the phone off and send it in. Allison turned the phone off and put it away. She then expressed some unwillingness to keep doing this to OUR. She said says when an OU representative sent her an envelope asking her to return the phone in it, she did not. I don't want them to wipe this phone, she says. If I send it back, they're just going to wipe the phone and give it to some other dipshit operator like me. Way to go, Allison. I like your style. Soon after she got home from the Caribbean, Allison called Matt Osborne, telling him they needed to talk. In her memory, she told him that Ballard was crazy as hell and dangerous and that she didn't believe due diligence was being conducted before operations, putting operators at tremendous risk. She related some of what had happened in the Caribbean, such as the downloads from God taking place of actual planning and her concerns over evidence handling. You could tell he knew everything I was already saying so tired. I'm tired just like you, Allison. Uh, he told her in Allison's memory that Ballard would fire people who were critical of him and that the best they could do was try to keep him from doing too much harm to himself and others. And also Matt Osborne really wanted to have hookers as well. So it's just like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? A couple of weeks later, Ballard called her furious. Did you betray me? He asked. She learned there had been a leadership meeting to express concerns to Ballard and that he had responded again by threatening to fire people. Allison told him that she had absolutely expressed her concerns about his leadership style, that she thought he needed help, and offered to contact, uh, connect him with resources to help him with stress, as she put it tactfully. Ballard declined. He said, I got it under control. Me and the psychic have a ketamine treatment. I do like ketamine treatment. This isn't people think I'm against ketamine and drugs and stuff. <laughs> That's not, I personally don't like ketamine. Not been, I've tried it twice. Not a fan of it. Um, I see, I do see how you believe that you're God though. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really dangerous in the hands of a narcissist. I thought that it was Allison said, assuming she'd be into immediately fired. 
Instead, a few weeks later, she got an invitation to the training where she would, in the end, be severely injured. Remember at the beginning, the old knocking out the orbital eye socket. In the hospital, she also learned she was positive for COVID. The hits just keep on coming, which she says she got at the training. Mm, This is, again, this is in the height of the things that are going on with the pandemic. Interesting. Given the state of the COVID crisis... And the fact that surgery was technically elective, she had to delay getting surgery for her facial surgeries for eight full weeks. All right. Now that is too far. If you knock out my fucking eyeball, I'm going to need that put in ASAP. The medical bills in Utah totaled $26,000 because it was out of network. OUR quietly paid those bills in full, suggesting to Allison that they felt responsible for her injuries. Um, Finally, some money well sent. But seriously, like... That should have never even happened in the first place. Goodness gracious. That training exercise, bullshit. Not even any utility to it. As Allison's face healed beautifully, as she says, I am sure you're a beautiful, I can imagine you now. I'm sure that you're a beautiful future friend of mine. She says with a hint of wry pride, she began reflecting on her time with OUR, the disastrous trail of good intentions and bad decisions that led her to end up face down on a dirty mat in a gym in Utah. Unbelievably, she tried one more time to stay involved with OUR, mulling over an invitation to go to Thailand to check out their operations there, still wondering if they'd be better, more professional, more meaningful than what she'd witnessed under Ballard. In February 2022, she flew to Thailand. What she found, she said, was no, was better, was better, no apparent, sorry, I'm gonna read that again. What she found, she said, was better, no apparent sexual impropriety, a relationship with the Thai government. But once there, she learned, she says that OUR wanted a full-time staffer there for the same $200 a day pay rate. Remember when she's doing all this, she's only getting paid $200 a day. Costs more to live than, anyway. It wasn't a living wage, she says. Once she returned home, her relationship with the group faded along with her lingering bruises. In the hospital and over the long weeks and months of recovery that followed, Ballard never once called or visited her. And he never wanted to speak of her again. Well, we made it through in just under two hours, guys. That is the story from Vice News. I believe I have it linked down below if you want to check it out for yourself. I think I read the majority of it. It is juicy. It is interesting. And I have so many more things I could share later. Thanks for sticking around in this live stream. If you appreciate this, you are so welcome because my husband's going to be so mad at me. I'm going to be an hour late. Oh my gosh. I have plans it was good on me for sleeping in my makeup last night, though. That really sped up me getting my myself done here. So, all right. I love you guys so much. Please do everything in your power to give me small increments of money and enough of you. This will make um, all of this erratic content creation totally worth it. Just kidding. I, I love you if you don't do anything for me. But links are down in the bio. I am totally donor funded. And it's um between that and the the YouTube ads, which I didn't even turn on for this live stream that I need to go turn on right now. I'm going to try to make some more, make some more videos, make some more funds, make some more fun of Tim Ballard. And, um, that's all I got for this episode today. Appreciate you guys. Love you so much.